Hello, this is Patty Davis. I'm a psychic medium and intuitive, and I'm coming to you from Humboldt County, which is in Northern California, where the redwood trees meet the ocean. Aloha, my name is Jude Lynch, and I am a psychic intuitive energy healer, hailing from the island of Kauai, the garden island of the Hawaiian island chains. Welcome to Spirit Speakers Podcast, where we meet to discuss a variety of topics from two different psychic vantage points. Aloha, this is Jude, and today we are going to be talking about dreams. Dreams are a great way to tap into our intuition, to uncover hidden messages from our subconscious, and utilize them to help us move through our waking life. Through the dreamscape, we can transcend time and space unlike we can in our waking state. And this really opens up the space for us to do deep exploration and explore uncharted territory. Dreams were used as a prophetic tool in ancient times. I'm sure many of you have heard of stories from the Bible where Dreams were used to warn people of future events where kings made major decisions that influenced their entire cities based on dream interpretation. I think dreams have always been something that we've naturally tried to understand for ourselves. Some of the things that we can receive during dream time are, yes, premonitions about future and world events. There's actually been cases of people meeting people before they actually meet them in real life, meeting somebody in your dream that you'll eventually meet in the future. Dreams can also uncover clues to repressed memories and traumas that may be buried very deep. Dreams can give us viewscapes into some of our past lives. Dreams are also a platform in which we can do spirit work that we can practice working with our intuition and psychic abilities, talking to loved ones who have crossed over. We can also pick out symbology and find omens, good and bad, for things to come. And there have also been accounts of people sharing dreams where two people share the dream space and are able to talk about it when they wake up. There are other forms of phenomenon that happen in the dreamscape, and Patty and I are going to discuss some of these with you today, as well as share some of our own dream experiences. We'll also be touching in on lucid dreaming, common nightmares, and giving you tips and tools on how you might be able to tone down the intensity of those nightmares, a little bit more on astral traveling, what that is things we can do to enhance our abilities of lucid dreaming and dream recall. With that, Patty, is there anything else you'd like to add about the dream time? Hi, Jude. I'm looking forward to discussing this. Playing in the dream state is so much fun and so interesting. And I did read one place that they referred to sleep as the unconscious being set free from the physical world. And it's kind of like you get to go in and play with different scenarios and different ways. And I loved all those things that you listed because there's so much that we can learn from dream interpretation and so much work that we do in our dream state. And there's so much things that we let go. It's a time that we really can heal physically, emotionally, spiritually. It's a really important part of being a human. And there 
has been a lot of work done and research done on dreams, and they still don't fully understand why we sleep and why we dream. And, you know, it is said that we sleep because we need to rejuvenate, but there are plenty of species in the world that rejuvenate in an awakened state or sleep in very small increments or some sleep, like they shut off half of their brain in sleep motion and half of their brain in being awake. And it's really an interesting phenomenon that humans sleep as much as we do. And there's been a lot of studies that are ongoing looking into that. So I thought I would start out by just doing a little simple run through on some of the stages of sleeping. There are a lot of different schools of thought on sleep and stages, and Jude and I are going to touch on a couple of those. So a real basic overlook is that you can say that we have five stages of sleep. Stage one is when we're just drifting off. And this is when we get those muscle jerks or we feel like we have that little bit of a falling sensation. Our eyes are closed, but it's easy for us to wake up. We're just drifting off. And that usually lasts, and these are generalities, five to 10 minutes before we go into stage two, which is a little bit of a deeper sleep. 50% of the time when we're sleeping, we're in the stage two, and we tend to move back and forth throughout the stages. It's not like we go from one to five and stay there. We'll go one to three to four to five, back and forth. So stage two is when our heart starts to slow down a little bit. Our body temperature starts to decrease. We move into this light stage of sleep, and this is where we're almost preparing to fall into a deeper sleep. And then stages three and four are some of the deepest stages of sleep. This is where it's hardest to wake up from. This is when your alarm goes off and you wake up and you're groggy and disoriented and you've just awoken and your body's in a little bit of a shock. So stages three and four are oftentimes grouped together and it's called a slow wave sleep. And this is a non-REM sleep. REM wave is when our eyes move back and forth and that's the deepest sleep. This is a non-REM sleep. And in this sleep is when our body starts to rejuvenate. This is where, again, our blood pressure starts to drop. We start to breathe more deeply, slower, more rhythmic. And this is when our body goes into a rejuvenation stage of sleeping. Oftentimes, nightmares and sleepwalking occur in these deeper stages of sleep. And then the deepest stage is stage five, and this is REM sleep. REM is when your eyes start to kind of move back and forth or rotate a lot, and this is the very deepest part of sleep. But what's interesting about this is that in stages three and four, this deep sleep, your body is rejuvenating everything's slowing down. In stage five, it's like the brain has these big bursts of activity. And 20% of our sleep time is spent in REM sleep. And this is when the body is sleeping, but it's not rejuvenating itself. It's as if it's energizing itself. All this energy comes through our body. Our mind is really active. And it's believed that this is where our mind is releasing. In this stage, our mind is going through different scenarios, working things out, answering questions kind of deciding what information is important to hold on to, what information should be let go. And in this stage, sometimes our body can feel somewhat paralyzed because our brain is really active. And we start to breathe a little more shallow, a little more irregularly. This is when our blood pressure starts to raise up a little bit more and our heartbeat starts to raise up. And we start to get a little bit closer to the way our body is reacting in awakened uh, times. 
So when you wake up from a stage five from REM sleep, you actively transfer from sleep state into wake state a little more gently because your body is already preparing for that awakened state. And in stage five is where we have lucid dreaming, which will go into that, which is really amazing. So Jude, do you agree with those stages or do you see things a little bit differently? That's a really refined version of all the stages of sleep. The little bit that I know is described really in brainwave frequencies and studies that have shown our brain kind of vibrates at a certain frequency. And when we get into a certain frequency, we are at different stages of our consciousness. And that is described as delta, theta, alpha, beta, and gamma. So beta is basically the range is 13 to 24 hertz. It's our waking life. That's when we're just awake and not really in any sort of meditative space, really using our awoken consciousness to move through the day. And then alpha, which is eight to 12 hertz would be, you know, right before you fall asleep or right when you wake up. So you're in that kind of twilight, you're still conscious and you're still awake, but your mind has really settled down. The energy has really calmed down. And this can also be like light meditation. When people sit for 20 minutes and meditate, they tend to go into that alpha state. Theta, which is when you're actually sleeping or in very, very deep meditation, would be where you get the REM sleep, where you have the most lucid dreams. So you described everything between alpha and theta through multiple steps, but theta, the brainwave hertz frequency, which is four to seven hertz, would be the dream state. And then beyond that is delta, which is zero to four hertz frequency, which is a very, very low frequency, is deep unconscious sleep. So for those of you who always wonder why you never remember your dreams, it's likely because you're very deep in that delta brainwave state. It's when you're totally checked out consciously and not retaining any dreams or not having REM sleep. That's kind of how I know a little bit about how to categorize the different stages of sleep. And it really is between alpha and theta that we're having the lucid dreaming and the really powerful, profound, memorable dreams. And there are techniques that you can do to keep you in that alpha theta rather than dropping down into the delta, which is a common thing that I hear people say they don't ever remember their dreams. And it might be just because they're dropping into such a deep state of sleep that they're unable to recall. Because when you're a little bit in a higher brainwave frequency, that's when your consciousness is still lit up enough, I guess, to be able to recall the dream. And so there are people who have made tools. I saw one time that somebody made like a sleep mask that would blink a light in periodic intervals to stimulate your brain so it would stay in that theta state rather than be super deep. And there are some techniques where I've heard of people setting an alarm at different hours of the night who were trying to practice dream recall to kind of jolt them awake so they could jump back up into alpha and then fall back into theta rather than staying in that delta state where they're not remembering dreams. So that's kind of how I understand it to go. But yes, it's very much exactly what you said. You just broke it down even further. Thanks, Jude. That's very scientific of you. Really. <laughs> 
So um, also something that I have read is that sometimes people that don't dream very often, it could be that they are the type of person that gets really intense dreams and their brain shuts them off or basically hides the dream from them so that they don't have to go into a state of alarm when they're remembering these dreams. Also, people that tend to be a little more creative, a little more in their imagination, that tend to be daydreamers, those people tend to remember their dreams a little bit more often. Where someone that's very linear and very practical, in their mind, there may not be a place or a purpose for all this crazy stuff that's been going on in their dreams. So they just don't even deal with it and they shut it off because they live in a much more linear world and they hold on to information that seems to be more practical and that they can utilize. So that's something right there that if you are that type of person and you would like to explore a little bit more in your dream state, working with your creativity, daydreaming a little bit more, allowing yourself to have a little more interest in things that may not make sense or seem practical can be helpful for that. So some of the things that we can do that help us with our dreams is to have a dream journal next to our bed. Oftentimes when you wake up in the middle of the night to pee, that's a really good time to write down your dreams. I can't tell you how many times I've gotten up in the middle of the night and I've gone to the bathroom and while I'm sitting on the toilet, I'm telling myself, okay, don't forget these three things. This is amazing and magical and profound. And in the morning, you need to remember these three things because I don't have anything next to my bed to write down. And I'll wake up in the morning and I totally remember sitting on the toilet and telling myself to remember those three things, but I have no clue what those three things were. And at the time, they were really important. And in the dream state, we can really heal ourselves. We can find answers to questions. We can connect on a deeper level with our spirituality. There oftentimes are a lot of random, crazy, weird things going on in our dream state where we're just processing information throughout the day and our imagination is allowing ourselves to play within these different scenarios. But there are also times when we can get really profound information to help us with something that is going on in our life, or we can connect on a spiritual plane or in a dimension that we haven't connected with before. And being able to jot those things down the first thing in the morning or in the middle of the night if you wake up can be really helpful. And in fact, one practice that's done in dream yoga, which is the Buddhist practice of practicing lucid dreaming so that you can hold on to that information and use it as a tool of growth, is to wake yourself up purposely two hours before you would normally wake up. And generally in that time, we're in a deep REM state, which is where lucid dreaming occurs. And you wake yourself up two hours before you would normally wake up and you immediately take some time to turn on the light, jot down any notes that you have, and then put yourself back to sleep. And then when you go back to sleep, what you do is you're remembering just the past two hours of your dream state. So in the morning, you're returning to a deep REM state and you jot down all the information that you remember. So they believe that interrupting your sleep pattern can allow you to reset into that space. One of the things I do because I'm a little bit lazy in the morning is with the modern technology, I go on my iPhone and I hit the little microphone and I just really quickly speak what my dream was before I fall asleep. Cause sometimes getting up, turning on the light, getting the pen and uh, jotting it all down can seem like such a chore when you're so tired. <laughs> 
and I want to get back to sleep. So I'll just pick up my phone and use the voice memo that will just record my voice. And so there's a tip for you, for those of you who are finding it hard to actually get up and write. That's genius. I love that's, that la- that's, that's what happens when you're lazy. <laughs> Yeah, that's like when I'm I'm in the middle of the night going to the bathroom. I'm like, okay, I could go get a paper and a pencil, but no, I'm not going to walk the five feet into the other room where the pencils are. I'm just well, what's funny is when you look back at it and it'll interpret some of your words and change it, spell correct them into different words, and you're looking back at it, the dream already doesn't make sense. And you're like, what is this? <laughs> it's kind of fun. Yeah, that's great. So let's talk a little bit about lucid dreaming. Lucid dreaming is when you, while you're in a dream state, have a full awareness that you're in the dream. It's almost as if you're on a stage and you're the producer, you're the director, you're the main actor, and you're the writer. You get to control what's happening in your dream state. For me, one way that lucid dreaming plays out is I am extremely claustrophobic. And if in my dream, I start to do something that triggers that feeling of fear or anxiety over being claustrophobic, I will remind myself, okay, you're in a dream, you can control this, and I'll redirect the dream into a place that I'm not claustrophobic. Or if something really frightening starts to happen, something somebody's chasing me, I'll stop and turn around and go, whoa, whoa, whoa this is my dream. You need to just leave. So lucid dreaming allows you to really control what you're doing. And in lucid dreamings, we tend to have a little more dream recall than we do in non-lucid dreamings. And there's a whole study on this. The Buddhists call it dream yoga. And yoga is the word that means unite. And so what we're doing with dream yoga is we're uniting our wake and sleep with our sleep state. And Buddhists really believe that we get a lot of profound information in our sleep state. They um, consider it to be nocturnal meditations. And this occurs in the lucid dream state. So a lot of Dream yoga is setting intentions to be in a lucid state and doing things that help you to get there. And setting intentions is a huge thing. You can go to bed at night and you can take a few deep breaths and you can set an intention on having a lucid dream. You can set an intention on connecting with a loved one that's passed. You can set an intention on coming up with some answers to something that may be occurring in your life that you need help with. So setting an intention is a great way to move into lucid dreaming. Also practicing. In lucid dreaming, you can go into dream states and you can set the intention that you're going to start just shifting things and you can change objects, you can shift things in size or location, and you just start exploring that and practicing with that a little bit. And oftentimes in Buddhist dreams, what they will do, and this doesn't sound good to me personally, but they will take a fear or something that is difficult in their life and they will set the intention to have a scary, frightful dream about that. And what happens in theory is that you go into this frightful dream where all of your phobias or your fears are brought to the surface and you utilize your ability to, through lucid dreaming, shift energies. And it's believed that if you can do this in a dream state and shift from fear or anxiety, it will be much easier for you to do that in real life, in real time, to shift that energy. So working with lucid dreaming can help you feel more in control in your dream life, which can help you feel more in control in your actual real life as well. And Jude talked a little bit about that mask, and there's also in modern day 
lucid dreaming products. There are supplements, there are dream goggles, there are tapes that you can listen to with subliminal messages. There are a lot of things to utilize that can help you go into that state. Yeah, lucid dreaming is a place where we can reach untapped potential for spiritual development because there is no sense of time or distance and we are kind of free to travel and use our power of intention to create and manifest things at a snap of a finger in our dream space or use our telepathic and telekinetic abilities in the dream state because we are not limited. A lot of time when people are lucid dreaming, they like to jump really high or fly or travel through time or travel into other dimensions and visit otherworldly beings. There are all kinds of things that we can do. In fact, in my lucid dream state, I tend to do a lot of spirit work. And there's almost this knowing in that state that I am actually truly, really helping spirits. So as a medium in my waking life, I do help spirits cross over, but I do this a lot in my dream state. And I am usually pretty conscious that I am dreaming and that these spirits that I'm encountering are spirits that are finding me in the astral state and seeking my help and guidance to help them cross over into whatever space they're trying to get to. I also believe that when we do conjure those feelings in ourselves to fly or to show off supernatural abilities, that those feelings and sensations we get when we do those things in the dreamscape are very much in alignment with what it would actually be like in our waking state if we could tap into that there. So I totally agree with what you were saying with the dream yoga, that if you can do it in your dream, it's opening up the doorway for you to be able to do those things in the waking life. I wish it would open the door to letting us fly in the waking life. I love those dreams. Oftentimes I'm on a roof and I just get really brave and I just jump off. And then just before I hit the ground, I just start flying. I love flying dreams. And that's amazing that you help souls when you're in your dream state. I oftentimes in the dream state am working with portals. It's kind of like I'm trying to figure out a certain way to open this or trying to enter through a portal or trying to understand a portal, locate a portal. And I can never fully understand when I wake up, the information, what it meant or what the purpose of it was, but I'm really busy throughout the dream. Probably a lot of you have had this. You'll open your eyes and look around your room and your dream will kind of be happening in your room. I will be dreaming of these portals and I'll open my eyes and I'll see my loft and be thinking, oh, so is the portal in my loft? It's that interesting space where you're kind of, your eyes are awakened, but you're still in that dream state, which is really trippy. Has that ever happened to you, Jude? No, you know, that doesn't happen to me too much. I'm pretty one realm or the other, but my husband for sure is somebody who does that. Like he gets in that sleepwalking, but not, he doesn't actually walk, but he actually gets up and moves and opens his eyes and will look at me and talk to me and totally still be in his dream space and interacting with me. And I know he knows that he's in the bedroom or next to me, but he's still playing out the story that's in his dream time. Yeah, that happens to me quite a bit, or I'll be dreaming about my grandmother, and I'll wake up and she'll be in my room, and then I'll kind of sit with that for a minute, and then I wake up a little bit more and realize, oh, I'm awake, I'm in my room. 
I was talking with my daughter earlier and asking her about her dreams because I knew that Jude and I were doing this podcast. And she said that she has that a lot where she'll be working with paper, writing something down and she'll wake up and the piece of paper will fly across her room and it'll take her a minute to realize she's dreaming or she'll be working with an object and wake up and that object will be in her room or she'll be dreaming about a man and he'll be laying in the bed next to her, which can be pretty scary. But she has a lot of that kind of transfer. So she'll be dreaming something in another place and then wake up and a component of the dream will be in her actual bedroom still playing out. Wow. Or have you ever fallen asleep on the couch with the TV going and whatever they're saying on the TV starts to get incorporated in your dreams? Yeah. I've had times where I've woken up in the middle of the night from a dream and my husband who, you know, he has a couple sleep issues, let's just say, (laughs) uh, he'll be talking in his sleep and talking about what I was just dreaming about. And I, I'm shook every time it happens because I'm like, did he know what I was dreaming about or was I dreaming that because he was talking and I heard it in my sleep? You know, I can't figure it out, but it blows my mind and it happens every once in a while. Yeah, that is trippy. So this might be a good place to talk about shared dreams or telepathic dreams. And you mentioned that a little bit earlier. And I know I talk about my daughter a lot, but we have a lot of psychic connections to one another. She'll come home from college and stay here and we'll get up in the morning and we'll start sharing our dreams and they'll be very, very similar or almost identical. And I've been with groups of girlfriends where we've woken up in the morning after you know, having a night away together and we have had very, very similar dreams. So there's a couple different ways to look at that. There is, and I don't know much about this juice, so I'll let you take it beyond this, but there's telepathic dreaming where we telepathically, we have the ability to send messages to one another and pick up on information from one another. And when we're in a dream state or a sleep state, we can be very vulnerable. So a lot of our protection and our boundaries that we might have in place in our awakened state is not as strong while we're sleeping. So telepathically, you can be picking up on information that someone else is dreaming of, and you can be sending them messages back and forth, and you can actually be affecting each other's dreams telepathically. I've had a few occurrences like that in my life where I was talking to somebody that I was close to and realized that we had been dreaming very similar, the same thing. I've also heard stories from people who were awake and saw their friends sleeping and then meditated into their dream. And then their friend that was sleeping woke up and recalled having them in the dream. So one awake, one sleeping. Yeah. Yeah. Dreams are a trippy place. It's like a deep meditation. It's an astral travel. And What astral traveling is, I mean, in my understanding of it, is it's essentially our spirit body is just kind of escaping the physical body. And once you leave the physicality of your body, you're open to all portals, realms, and dimensions, and you can travel through all of them in real time or back in the past or far into the future. Some people practice astral traveling where they can do that consciously, where they can go into a deep meditation and then sort of like pop out of their body and have a lucid experience, just like a lucid dream, but they don't have to go through falling asleep, then dreaming, then catching it, and then lucid dreaming. They just drop into a meditation and slip right into that lucid state, and they call that astral traveling. There are some people who are very practiced or masterful at doing astral traveling. In fact, 
children tend to do this naturally. So when you hear of kids talking about flying around the house or knowing things that are going on in the other room, that's a form of astral traveling that very much coincides with what dreaming is. It's just your spiritual consciousness moving outside of yourself and seeing things around you in this dimension or the others. You know, sometimes with astral traveling, this might be interesting for some of you who may have experienced this. Now, have you ever woken up and not been able to move and then feel an uncanny sense of fear or feel as though there is a presence there that is maybe pressing down on you or pushing down on you and then you get strange physical sensations? Has that ever happened to you, Patty? It has never happened to me intensely. I do have a friend that it, it happened to, and she she describes it as crushing, where she felt as if something was pushing down on her with this intense power and that she was paralyzed and couldn't move. And it lasted quite a while and was pretty frightening for her. And I didn't really know that that was associated with astral traveling. How do you see those associated, Jude? Well... I have an ability to lucid dream and pop out of my body consciously. I don't do it during meditation, but when I know I'm about to fall asleep, I can kind of almost just pop right into a lucid state if I want to, if I, if I actually put some intention towards it. And what happens because your spirit body is actually leaving your physical body, sometimes there's a point in which your spirit body is halfway out of your physical body. It's either on the point of exit or the point of enter, and it jolts you awake. And because you're not fully in your body, you don't have your mobility, and the presence you sense is actually your own energy outside of you, the physical sensations you might feel are really your spirit body reintegrating into your physical body. And you know, the first number of years I had these experiences, of course, they were super scary. And being a medium, I immediately want to go to, there's a bad spirit holding me down. I'm in paralysis. And that very well may be true. I am definitely not throwing that out the window. I think there are times that something like that can absolutely happen. But a lot of the time that it's happening, it's when your actual spirit energy is halfway out of your body. And when I first heard about that, I wasn't sure how I felt about it until I started having those experiences with consciously knowing that that might be a possibility. And I have to agree. I mean, in my own experience, that that's what happens. It's that moment when I'm leaving or coming back into my body and I jolt awake and it's very disorienting and it can be an unpleasant feeling. It's almost like you have to force yourself right back into your body in order to get your mobility back and your awakened state back. So that's one explanation of it for some people, which I hope settles some people's fears about it when they get that experience. And I also want to say this too is when you are in that halfway in, halfway out state, it is said that we enter and exit through the crown chakra high up in our third eye crown area. And sometimes you'll hear a noise, which I do. Mine sounds like a door slamming down a hallway is exactly what mine sounds like. But sometimes it sounds like a popping or a cracking or a loud thud that you might hear. And some people see flashes of light, which I also do. So sometimes when you get stuck in that in-between state and the paralysis and the pressure and the feeling of a presence and the physical sensations and you're hearing noises that you can't explain and seeing flashes of light, it is all because your spirit body is trying to enter or exit your body and you caught it. That's fascinating. 
Yeah. I'm kind of the opposite with you. I, I'm a little bit of a control freak about um, meditating and astral traveling. And I tend to do all my astral traveling from a meditation state where I have had amazing dreams where I have gone places, but I feel like I like to set a little more intention on what I'm doing. And so I travel more from a meditation state. And when I go to sleep, it's kind of like I just let spirit have its way with me. And oftentimes my dreams are really busy. And for those of you that have those dreams where you just feel like you were working through your whole dream state and you wake up exhausted and you don't have that restful sleep, oftentimes if we are not setting aside time to connect with our higher self, with spirit, with our spirit guides, to bring in information, channel important information for us, if we're not meditating or setting time aside, all that information will bombard us during our sleep state. And if you can remember that information and utilize it, that's great. But oftentimes we don't. We just wake up exhausted. This happens to me a lot. I'll just be opening portals and closing doors and trying to find secret codes and trying to answer questions all night long. So I will bargain with spirit, or I try to, where I'll say, please let me sleep tonight. I'm setting the intention that I don't do any work, that I get a nice restful sleep, and I will sit for a half hour tomorrow morning and meditate with you. And then I'll get a good night's sleep and then I'll forget to meditate. And so I'll set the bargain again the next night. And eventually they're just like, you know, the hell with that. And they just bombard me again. So setting intentions to get that information outside of a dream state sometimes can be really helpful and allow you to fall into a restful sleep. And this is where nightmares can come in as well. If you're someone that experiences really frightening, scary dreams, Oftentimes, we can close down our crown chakra, like Jude was speaking of, and take a break from some of that information. You can imagine putting on a magical hard hat or a magical golden webbed stocking cap and closing off that crown chakra for the period of time that you really need to get rest. And you can say, for eight hours, I'm going to close down my crown and I'm going to allow myself to not connect in an informational way and just allow my body to rejuvenate. And again, we don't want to close our crown down for very long because this is our access to our higher self and to the universe. And we get a lot of information, important information that way. So setting that intention for the night and then opening it back up in the morning and taking some time to set aside to meditate can be really helpful. And I've given that suggestion to several clients that have had really good results with that. Right. Some people have energetic tears and holes in their auric field, and this makes them susceptible to other energies that might be lurking around. We've talked about it in past podcasts. Uh, there's a lot of energies out there. And if it's not a conscious energy or entity, it just could be the frequency of our home or the frequency of the astrological cosmic influence that's happening that could be seeping in and influencing our dreams. So it is a great tool for those of you who feel a little bit out of control or ultra sensitive that their dreams are really reflective of like the stress or the things that are going on in their life to do that, to do a little soothing dream cap balm on the top of your head to kind of soften the intensity of that dream time. I think this would be a fun time to tap into some common nightmares people have. It seems like all along the board, people have like similar type dreams. Like most everybody's had the flying dream. Most everybody's had the falling dream. And I know I'm not the only person who's had this because I've heard it a lot. 
where my teeth fall out. I'm sure some of you out there are probably like, I have that dream too. (laughs) And I've heard all kinds of different interpretations as to what that means. I know that I used to have that dream a lot when I was a kid and into my young adulthood. And I don't think I've had that dream but once in the last five years. I really associate it now with stress. When I'm under a lot of pressure, a lot of stress, and I tend to like grind my teeth when I'm sleeping because I'm under a lot of stress. When I've learned to kind of move through that and become in a more relaxed and harmonious energetic state, I don't do that so much anymore. And I've noticed that the teeth falling out dream does not happen. I also have a dream a lot where I'm back in high school and I'm late for class. I can't remember my locker combination which actually kind of happened in real life a lot, (laughs) to be honest with you, but couldn't find my locker combination or I couldn't find the classroom and I was late or I get to the classroom and realize that I'm totally unprepared for the test. I hadn't studied and I'm going to fail. And I used to have this dream, which created a lot of anxiety for me. And now I will still have that dream every so often. But by the time I get to the classroom in my peak of panic, I'll be like, wait a minute. I graduated high school, like, what am I doing? And then I'll walk out. (laughs) Your lucid dreaming saved you. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I have that dream all the time too. Like high school, who knew high school was so difficult on all of us or left such a lasting impression? Mine is always about math class, that I'm going to flunk math class because I totally forgot I had math class. I didn't study. If I flunk math class, I'm not going to graduate. And I have a couple friends that have that same nightmare and they're like, see, math really messed with our brains and our sense of inner calm and inner peace. So that's hilarious. So Jude, I wanted to make a comment on your teeth. So couldn't this be a throat chakra issue? Oh, totally. Yeah. Yeah. So teeth are a throat chakra issue. And then it's playing out this issue that you're having with your throat chakra is playing out in your dream state, which also could explain why when you were younger, that happened more occasionally because as you're older, you're walking your truth, you're doing your work, you're speaking a little more clearly, you're sharing a little more intimately who you are with the world. That could be settling your throat chakra, which could also be slowing down those nightmares about teeth. So we can look at our dreams and even if we don't get any specific information, we can look at them in association to our chakras or to things that are happening in our lives and get that information. And it's great to Google things that you dream and see what the different interpretations are of that. I've Googled some things when, you know, I found several that interpreted it very similarly. And then I've Googled things where it's vastly different from different interpreters. And when you do that, you really need to just settle with what feels in alignment with you and makes sense. So intuitively connect with what that is. June and I have both talked about how we would both like to get certified in dream interpretation because it's so fascinating, but there are lots of books out there and lots of places to Google it and get that information. One thing that I think is fascinating in dreams are faces. I can have a dream about someone, and if I could draw a face really well, I could wake up in the morning and I could draw all these tiny little details about this face. And I wonder sometimes if it's a face from a past life that's coming forward, or maybe a face from somebody I saw as a child that imprinted on me, or if my imagination is just putting together this entire human being, this face, or like you mentioned earlier, or if it's a face of somebody I may meet in the future. But it's so interesting that it can be so detailed and so clear 
in the dream state? Well, yeah, this just sparked up something interesting that I forgot about. Well, one thing, my first daughter's father, I definitely dreamed about him before I met him. And so when I met him in that first day or two, I had the dream recall and I fully remembered the dream in detail. I had the dream maybe six months or so before we actually met. And I remember waking up from that dream and being like, oh my gosh, what a beautiful dream. I just met this like dreamy guy and he's so cute. And we totally had chemistry and it was sweet and lovely. And I didn't want the dream to end. And I woke up and I kind of lingered with it for a few days. And then I actually met him about six months later. And so I instantly knew that he was somebody that I needed to invest some energy in. Basically, we ended up having a baby together. But this is also interesting. There's a phenomenon of everybody in the world dreaming about the same face. Have you ever heard of this, Patty? No. Oh my gosh. It's very very interesting and it's kind of creepy in a way. So they did these dream studies where all these people were all over the world talking about meeting this very specific person in their dreams and they would have a very certain look to them. And to be honest with you, he was kind of creepy looking because they did a facial profile based on everybody's sketches and descriptions. And it's kind of like this short man who's kind of bald with a unibrow. And anyways, if you look it up online, I'm sure you could find it. But there was this like network of people talking about this person that they would meet. And every time they would meet this person, they would bestow some kind of profound information or insight to whoever it was. And there are accounts of this. This was years and years ago. And I looked at the picture and I was like, whoa, that guy's kind of creepy looking. Wouldn't that be weird if I ever had a dream with him in it? which totally ended up happening. Oh, of course. (laughs) Right. So like many months down the road, totally have this dream about this UFO coming down from the sky and this orb flying down from the UFO and then the orb turning into this man. And he starts walking towards me and I start freaking out because I'm like, oh my God, here it is. Here's the man, the face. And he's coming towards me. What's he about to say? And right when he opens his mouth, I wake up. <laughs> oh. Oh. I know, but I totally had the dream, but it's a thing. So some studies were trying to interpret it as somehow our mind scrambling every face we've ever seen or known and compiling one kind of generalized face. And that was one explanation of it. And then there's another theory that there's actually some sort of dream spirit shaman walking around there that looks like this guy and is visiting people in their dreams. That's really interesting. One thing I love is when people that I care about that have passed come and visit me in my dreams. And I have clients that come in and they'll say, you know, my my dead grandfather showed up in my dream, but he didn't say anything. And they seem very frustrated by this. When a loved one shows up in your dream and they're just there, that's what they're doing. They're just letting you know that they're still with you. Oftentimes I'll have a dream that we're all sitting down together eating and I'm talking to my grandmother and I'll be like, wait a minute, you're dead. 
and she'll just give me a sweet little smile. And you know, if it's a lucid dream, I'll just decide to continue the dream or I'll wake up if it's a little disturbing for some reason. But oftentimes our loved ones will just show up in a dream like it's just everyday life to remind us that they're still with us and that we still have a connection with them. And I've had a lot of dreams where I've had friends or loved ones that have passed that have come to me in a dream state to let me know how they are doing or share a little bit of that journey with me. I had a girlfriend that died and she came the next night to me in a dream and it was at Pier 1 for some reason and she was sitting on a couch in Pier 1 and I said, Robin, what are you doing here? And she just looked amazing. She was wearing really bright clothes and she had this flush pink to her cheeks and she just looked so great. And she said things were really hard for a while, but they're great now. And you need to tell our friend Elizabeth that I'm okay because she's having a really hard time with this. And so I called my friend and I had a discussion with her and we talked about it and it was really helpful. And dreams of loved ones, sometimes they'll come through and give us information like, hey, I stashed a bunch of money in the top drawer of the blah, 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 or I want you to have this ring, or they'll just show up. So I love that. I feel that when our loved ones have passed visit us, it's a little blessing. And I always wake up in the morning with a big smile on my face. Yeah, because we're so open, as I stated before, in the dream space, you know, our loved ones are always trying to let us know that we're there. And sometimes when we're in such a grieving state and our vibration is very low, we're very much out of sync with their frequency. And so it's hard for us to receive or see the messages. And the dream space really allows them an opening to connect with us. So if you have a dream about somebody who's crossed over, somebody that you've lost in the past, go with it. That's them trying to connect with you. Also, earthbound spirits, I'll say I've had dreams with earthbound spirits. In one of our previous podcasts, I talked about a haunted cabin that I lived in. And prior to me actually having the encounter with the spirit in the story that I shared, I used to dream in that house all the time that there was this man there. And the man would never interact with me or talk with me, but it'd be like my dream would be playing out and there would just be some random man like sitting on the porch or sitting in the living room or walking into the house in the background. And I noticed him for months and months in the dream, but I didn't associate it with that being the spirit of the person in the house. And I think through the dreamscape, he was almost trying to let me know that he was there and that was his house. It wasn't until afterwards, after I had the more face-to-face contact that I realized that he had been trying to reach out to me in the dream space as well. Another interesting thing is in the dream space is past life recall. Yeah, I'm sure many of you have had those dreams where you go somewhere or visit a certain place a lot or see certain people or you have a great sense that you are actually in a different time and place and you have those dreams over and over and over again. What is this place? Why am I here? Why do I always visit this one brick building? Why is it always this specific house that I'm in? I've never been in this house in my entire life, yet that's the one I always tend to go into. I think that memories from our past lives can bleed through in the dream state, and that's why we recall why we keep visiting familiar places that we can't bridge to our awoken life. Also, in terms of nightmares, I know I had dreams when I was little of always being in murky water and feeling like I was drowning. And I didn't associate that with an actual past life trauma of drowning in murky water until I was an adult. So I feel like dreams, it might not 
be easy to catch in the moment. But if you really look at them, especially the ones that are repeating all the time, the places, the people, the things that are happening, they could very well be clues into past lives. Patty, what do you think about that? I've had a lot of past life information come in in the dream state, and it's fascinating. And I totally agree with you with the repetitive, whether it repeats itself over and over the same night or over and over over time, that's something that we're all supposed to really pay attention to. I had this amazing thing happened where I was getting a massage and it was a very specific Ayurvedic massage. And I learned afterwards that it's a massage that are given to people all through their life if you live in India. And I was having this massage and I was just drifting off and I could experience myself having this massage as an infant. And then as like a two-year-old, a a toddler, and then as a five-year-old, then I had the vision of having it as a grown man. And at that point, I realized, because I'm a female, that it was a past life. And from there, it's almost as the physical sensation of the massage triggered these past life physical sensations that led me through this past life. And I was a young man, and I was walking down a street in India, and I was noticing all of the smells and all of the colors. And it was very lucid in that I really was utilizing all of my senses during this dream. And as I walked through this life, I could look at the fabric of my shirt and feel the fabric and how much I enjoyed life. And I was given my name. I was thinking about my name and who I was and the type of job I did. It was fascinating. It was one of the most clear past life recalls I've ever had. And then when I came out of the massage and kind of woke up, That's when the massage therapist explained to me that this was a massage that in India you get throughout your entire life, which was amazing. And the name that I was giving, I have a client that is from India and I gave her the name and I got a first name and a last name. And she said, yes, that it is actually an Indian name. So I actually have a name of myself in a past life. And that was in one of those states where I was just falling to sleep. And I tend to really enjoy meditating at night when I go to bed. I meditate every night when I go to bed. I look at the day and what I've learned and if my intentions came to fruition and anything that I need to pay attention to. And I check in with my spirit guides and I have a meditation and very frequently I will drift off into sleep and I will astral travel in that place of right in between, which is where I've mentioned in other podcasts where I am picked up by my eagle totem and we go flying and then I become the eagle and I can hear the wind in my wings and feel the wind in my body. And it's amazing. So sometimes meditating at bed can be a wonderful thing. Other times it can be terrible. Some people can meditate at night and take that into their dream state. They're opening up during meditation. As June and I have been talking about how you're much more open while you're sleeping, they are extremely open. And so there's very little boundaries there on what is able to come in. And if you're a person that experiences nightmares or has a lot of restless sleeping, I would not recommend meditating as you're going to bed. I would meditate doing that when you're wide awake in the middle of the day. Do you meditate when you go to bed or do you tend to do it? When I go to bed is actually my most favorite time to do it. Yeah, mine too. Mine too. Yeah. So sometimes when we're having those repetitive dreams of places or things that we're not familiar with in our waking life. Now, I've had those types of dreams and then found myself in a familiar place that reminded me of those dreams. So I've said that I've not had predictions in my dreams before, but there have been times years down the line that I found myself that reminded me of a dream 
oh, actually, something just came to mind. I remember when that big tsunami hit in um, Indonesia. I had a dream that night that there was a massive earthquake and the trees were shaking so hard from left to right that they were like slapping the ground on one side and then slapping the ground on the other. And I remember being very frightened and then woke up and then that tsunami had happened. So maybe I did have a premonition dream one time. Wow. What about you, Patty? I do get premonitions in my, my dream state. Sometimes I will just dream something really clearly about a client and then I wake up in the morning and I have to meditate on that to know whether or not I should share that information with them. Sometimes things are a little bit random. Other times things seem a little more important and like it's something that I should share. I do get premonitions fairly often in the dream state and I have gotten premonitions about earthquakes and things that did happen. It's kind of scary to know that there's probably an earthquake coming, but you can prepare a little bit. And I will give my psychic friends a call and say, are you picking up on earthquake energy? I had this dream and we share that information. And again, if we've shared similar dreams or we're picking up on that energy, we will take it a little more seriously. So it's nice to be able to share that information with other people. But premonitions and dreams are wonderful. Like you said, they can be a repetitive dream or they just have a little bit of a different frequency to them. They're a little more profound, a little clearer. And for me, it's almost like something's saying, pay attention to this. Instead of just being in a dream with random things happening around, it's like my attention is really grabbed and I'm really focusing on this one thing that's being shown to me. And for me, that's helpful in the morning when I wake up to maybe see it as a prophetic dream. That sort of happens to me. And I guess it could be prophetic, but I do a lot of what I perceive to be spirit work when I'm dreaming, meaning visiting with other conscious beings and entities, earthbound or other. And some of those others are what I believe to be extraterrestrial or high vibrational, high dimensional beings that have visited me in the dream time to give me messages about said future. So until it all unfolds, I don't know if it's actually prophetic, but uh, it does have that same quality of this is not just a dream. And I'm very conscious of that at every moment that the dream is happening. It feels like this very important thing that I need to pay attention to and to take seriously. Nice. So at, at the beginning of the podcast, you were going through a list of things. And one of the things that you mentioned was symbology and omens. And I'm curious what you have to say about that. Well, I love picking out symbology and omens in my dreams. And I think that everybody's dictionary is a little bit unique. I think that you can go online and kind of get clues because certain animals or certain objects will carry a certain frequency that bring on a certain type of energy. But for me, at this point in time in my life, I know when I dream about certain things that it is an omen for something very specific for me, like whales and dolphins often show up in my dreams and depending on the quality of the water that they're swimming in or the state of their being can give me a good or bad omen. And it's usually around business, abundance, career, things like that for me with the whales and the dolphins. Water is a huge symbology for me, how rough the water is, how calm it is, how dirty it is, how big it is, if I'm in it, if I'm out of it. 
that has huge significance to me. Roads in my dreams have huge significance. I have these dreams when I'm under a lot of pressure, a lot of stress, that I'm driving down these very, very skinny, skinny roads that I have to drive absolutely perfectly on, or I'm going to fall 500 feet on the side or drop into the ocean, or it's very icy and very steep. And I have these kind of dreams. And depending on whether or not I actually make it through or fall off tells me a lot about how well this project is going to unfold for me. <laughs> so yeah, those are some of my symbolisms. And this is just really from observation and then seeing how things ended up unfolding for me. I've been dreaming lucidly and clearly enough, long enough that I'm catching patterns. Patty, what about you? I'm going to pay more attention to this. I don't think this is something I've really experienced or paid attention to. But as you were speaking of this, I was remembering a dream that I had last night that had to do with water and the quality of water and what was happening as I was swimming. And I guess I never really thought of it as symbolic. And thank you for sharing, because I'm going to start really looking at things that way and paying a little more attention. Cool. Um, I have a lot of animal dreams and definitely the different animals are symbolic to different things for me. I have a lot of dreams with snakes or being bitten by snakes. And that's usually when I'm kind of having some bad energy with somebody. Yes, it happens to me too. You know, I do butt heads with people, but I'll have dreams about snakes biting me during those times. I also have fun dreams where I'm finding money or finding gemstones and crystals and jewels. Or sometimes I have this dream where I'm finding toys everywhere, like cool toys, which <laughs> when you're a kid, that's the best thing in the world. That's better than money is toys. And even as an adult, I still have this dream, just treasures. And when I wake up from those dreams, I'm just like, yes, good things are about to happen or <laughs> something amazing is, is in flux. I have dreams sometimes where I'm achieving these amazing physical feats where all of a sudden I can run. I can run really fast or I'm ice skating and I'm doing spins and leaps and jumps. And it just <laughs> feels so good to be able to do all these things. And then I wake up and I'm like, damn it. <laughs> That's funny. No, I actually have the opposite. One dream I have a lot of, but I think it's a past life dream is that I can't walk. I used to have this dream a lot and I still have it every once in a while that I'm paralyzed from the hip down and I can't walk. And it'll be like, I'll be totally moving around fine in my dream. And then all of a sudden I'll slowly deteriorate until I can't even move my legs anymore. I've had a couple of dreams where I couldn't walk. And what I started doing was I started running like an animal with my hands on the ground where I was running with my hands and my feet at the same time. And it feels so natural and so amazing that I oftentimes wonder if that goes back to pre-human evolution and evolutionary mm -hmm. state. But I'm running like you would see a puma running or something where they have their front paws and their back paws and they're working in unison or, yeah. Everybody has like that small handful of the same nightmare that they would have over and over again. And from the time I was little, I had these dreams about caterpillars, which seems so silly, but the dream would always be, there'd be one caterpillar, then 10, then a hundred, then a thousand, then the whole room would be full of caterpillars and they'd be squirming and inching their way closer to me until they were just at my toe. And I would be in this total panic and fear because I think I'm about to get like swallowed up by a gazillion caterpillars. And then I would wake up like panting, sweating, clenched up, all of it. 
And I had this dream from the time I was very, very little, like before school age up until adulthood. I ended up figuring out in my early 20s that this was a manifestation of some repressed trauma, that I had taken something that was so hard for me to process in my human experience and turned it into this phobia of caterpillars. So in my waking life, this translated in the same way. I would get absolutely petrified if I even saw one caterpillar. And there'd be so many times that I had caterpillars like crawling on me or near me, and I would just be freaking out. And when I was an adult, I very clearly saw the association with that caterpillar directed at some of the traumas that I experienced when I was younger and was able to overcome it. I literally faced my fear of caterpillars. It was pretty much like an aha moment of being so locked in that fear, seeing all of these caterpillars and then just being like, this is stupid. Why am I afraid of this? And just deciding, just consciously deciding not to be afraid of it anymore. At that same time, it helped me release a lot of that like victim and blame and shame I had around the traumas when I was younger. So yeah, dreams are very powerful tools and antidotes if you know how to use them to working through some deeper healing for yourself especially if you know how to look at it and how to combat it. That's interesting. I don't have many reoccurring dreams. I do have that dream of some type of portal, but it's not very specific. It's more of an energy of the dream. I may be working on a spiritual level or maybe even doing some self-healing that doesn't translate as easily into the real world, which is why for me, I can't really get into the specifics of what I'm doing during that dream. But when I was in my 20s, I did have a reoccurring dream that happened a few times where I just kept seeing a house. We would pull up in a car and I would get out of the car and I would be looking at a house and it just kept showing up over and over. And there wasn't an emotion associated with it or anything specifically happening. It just was a house. And I finally told my mom about this dream. And it was a house that we lived in when I was at the most two years old in another city. And I had never seen this house since we had left. It was interesting just to have this random dream about a memory that didn't really have much to do other than it just was a memory that kept popping up in dreams. So sometimes we get dreams that are just memories resurfacing and not all dreams have some big, huge hidden meaning or need to be interpreted. If it has a quality that's nagging at you, then that's the time that you should pay a little bit more attention to it. But also there are dreams that are just random and weird that we need to just let go. Have you ever had a dream that was so normal, like not anything fantastical or different than your waking life that when you woke up, you couldn't quite differentiate that that particular day or event was a dream and not actually real life? Yes. I kissed John Lennon in a dream. <laughs> but no, oh, that was real, Patty. <laughs> it was real. I feel like it was so real. He came to me and he had already died and it was a very non-sexual dream. <laughs> You know, we were just sitting visiting and he kissed me just as a friend and it felt so real to me that I woke up in the morning and I felt that I had kissed him and had this very tender, sweet moment with him. And he was never my favorite beetle, but he is now. And when we're sitting around sharing stories, sometimes I want to say, well, I kissed John Lennon because it really seemed so real. And I know it sounds hilarious, but it was the most real dream as far as physical sensations and an emotional connection with someone that I've ever had. 
I actually have dreams where random people from high school will show up and they're people that I didn't hang out with. They weren't close to me for no rhyme or no reason. Why would this specific person be this huge, you know, character in this dream? But I have those kind of dreams every once in a while where that really trips me out. So that person might just have come across a photo of you in the yearbook or something and been thinking of you. And then you're in that vulnerable dream state and you're picking up on that telepathic exchange of energy. A lot of times, actually, they've friended me on Facebook or followed my Instagram, like within that month or something. I'll be like, oh, I just dreamed about you. (laughs) So you could have been picking up on them thinking about you, or you could have dreamt about them with telepathically sent them a message, which made them friend you on Facebook. It could run either way. Totally. Okay. So I do want to talk about one experience that I had sitting with a dream master and participated in something called a dream circle. And I think that this is actually fairly available to almost everybody. You could probably go online and find one that you could do on a webinar or something like that, or group dream circle. And you might even be able to find one locally, but The one I went to was based on the Jungian dream interpretation theory by this guy named Carl Jung. And I know that there's a lot of psychiatrists, things like that, that study this specific form of dream interpretation. And it's really interesting. Basically, when you go into one of these dream circles, everybody brings a dream to the table and it could be a very long, lucid, drawn out dream, or it could be this short little blip of a moment that you remember in a dream that stood out to you. Because what they say is no dream that you remember has insignificance. It all is relevant and that is why you remembered it. So what you do is you talk about your dream And then the host asks you all of these details, like things you wouldn't have thought about to kind of dig out more subtleties in your experience within that dream. And then everybody in the circle wears the dream. They take on the role as though that dream was theirs and then recite the dream again through their experience, which is very interesting because when you're the one actually experiencing it, you can lose a lot of the information because you're so wrapped up in the moment of what you're experiencing. And then having other people recite your own dream back to you from their point of view, you get so much more information out of it. And then by the time you come full circle, you get all of this insight and these answers to your dreams that you would have not even thought of at the point in time when you walked in with that dream. The messages I got from the few dream circles I did were totally profound and I felt like spot on and I'm so glad that I did it. And if I had more time, I would probably attend more of them. But that's something you guys can look into, finding a dream master, participating in a dream circle. I know you can find those online. That sounds fascinating. Thank you for being here and listening to our podcast. I have an offering that's available right now. I'm doing a psychic mentorship program, and it's a three-month intensive program to help those of you that feel like you are extremely intuitive, empathic, or psychic, and are looking for a way to have a regular check-in and kind of nurture that and learn a little bit more about that. And the deadline on that was going to be January 17th, 2020. However, I do have two spaces available, so I'm going to extend that a couple of weeks. If this is something you might be interested in, we have a weekly group check-in, and then there'll be a monthly reading with me 
and a group space to share information with. And if you're interested in this, if you can message me on our Instagram, which is Spirit Speakers Podcast, or through my website, wingandether.com or pdavispsychic.com, I can pass that information on to you. And that was due to begin February 1st. However, if I have people that are available and interested in those last two spots, I will move that back a couple of weeks because I am hoping that we can fill it up before we get started. Yeah, and another thing that Patty and I will be offering together is a podcast Q&A. We are going to do our first one on February 23rd, so save the date. Registration is not yet open. We'll open that up in early February, but if you are interested, you might want to mark your calendar. So February 23rd, we're going to do an approximate two-hour meet and greet online. This will be at 2 p.m. Hawaii time, 4 p.m. Cali time, and 7 p.m. Eastern time. Uh, We will be covering and focusing the third podcast we put out called Energetic Boundaries and Protection. So for those of you who are empaths and have had some challenges working on your energetic boundaries and protection or have questions or experiences that you would like to decipher or understand more, you should tune in with us for this Q&A. We'll focus in and help you strengthen energetic boundaries and protection as well as answer any of your questions. So for review, you might want to listen to that one again before that Q&A. And registration will be opening up for that in early February. We will send out an email blast and post it on our Instagram. So you will want to follow that just to keep up to date with our announcements. That's at Spirit Speakers Podcast. Patty, do you have anything else to add to that? The cost on this is $20, and you'll be able to ask us questions during the live webcast. And also, if you would like to submit questions ahead of time, either through Jude's website or my website or through our Instagram account, we can put those on the list. And if that day is not good for you for some reason, we do have a software program that's going to allow us to record this, and that will be accessible for two weeks after we do the live webinar. So if you're not able to be there live, you'll be able to tap in at a later date. It should be a lot of fun. We're really looking forward to it. And it'll be fun to have questions shooting in from all of you that we can answer and address. So again, my website is pdavispsychic.com or wingandether.com. Our Instagram is Spirit Speakers Podcast. My website is alignandshinekawaii.com. Thank you for joining us. Aloha. Take care.